0: Well, good morning again, everybody. Um, It's good to see all of you. It's good to see so many faces. Um, It's good to see some of you uh, kind of curling up on the couch, getting ready for a sermon. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Rainy, hey, good to see you.
1: Thank you, Charlie. Nice to be with you.
0: (laughs) As you know, Rainy has been quarantined at Westminster Canterbury all throughout Lent and um, you know, it's, it's it, at least it's good for us to uh, kind of be back on the same screen together. Uh, so what we're going to do today is just have a dialogue sermon. We're going to unpack this really familiar, really rich text, um, and hopefully it will allow you to kind of see yourself in it, get some new insights, ask a few questions, and uh, really kind of get at what Uh, what the gospel of of John is trying, the the gospel writer John is trying to get to. So uh, Rainy, why don't we start, kind of where are we here in time and space with Jesus and these disciples in relationship to the actual crucifixion?
1: Sure, the story begins on the night of Easter morning, the uh, the night of Easter day. Um, So in the various gospels, some of the disciples have had experiences with the risen Christ. Um, but th- in this scene, they're all together, except for one, uh, locked in a room. And we don't know if it's the room where they had had their supper on Thursday night or not, but they're all together, uh, really huddled together and locked in uh, out of fear. So um, the the news has been Brought to them, and yet they are—they're grasping and trying to make sense of it uh, on that Easter, that first Easter night. And yeah. despite the locked doors, Jesus shows up.
0: And I think that's interesting too, considering where all of us are right now. Right? We're—we're we're yeah. behind. The, the doors aren't locked, but we are definitely huddled together. Um, anxiety, fear. Yeah, yeah.
1: As you know, Charlie, this um, passage is assigned for all three years in our lectionary for the Sunday after Easter. Uh, It's rare that we read the same story um, all three years, but this one we do. Um, It's also the case that uh, those of us who are assistants um, often are asked to preach on that Sunday because the rector is getting some time off after Easter. (laughs) So I've thought about this passage a lot, and. Um, but what strikes me, just as you have said, is, I mean, I looked at some of my old sermons and they were fine, but (laughs) this story is really speaking to me right now in the midst of our present situation where we are um, either physically or or, uh, uh, socially locked in in fear or what's around us. Um, So I think we can very much identify with a disciple's uh, who have begin to begin to experience the good news, and yet it's it's really fuzzy and um, difficult.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm I'm noticing that uh, you know throughout Holy Week we were we were in the Gospel of John a lot, and I noticed at the very beginning of this passage it says when it was evening, and um, I'm always in tune of John's imagery of light and dark, mm-hmm. and so here the disciples are in the dark. It's evening. Um, yet Jesus brings, literally brings light into the room. And then what do you make about this, these first words of his, peace be with you? And then he breathed on them. That seems pretty weird. <laughs> <doesn't it? laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I love the fact that the first thing he says is peace be with you and not, where were you on Friday when I needed you or any other words of, you know, of judgment. I mean, it's, he's there offering, offering peace. And then the, and then the Holy spirit, the gift, you know, he breathes on them. Uh, Other, other gospel accounts will have a different understanding of the coming of the Holy spirit and Pentecost. Uh, But in the, in the case of John, it's right there. The, The Holy spirit, the, the breath of life that God has breathed into us in our creation uh, is now reaffirmed uh, by
0: the risen Christ. It's just it really is a, a recreation that is happening in this moment with this kind of fearful hu- humanity.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking of the words that we heard on Good Friday where Jesus breathes his last from the cross um, and gives up his spirit. And so the gift that he is now bringing to them is the new life uh, that's promised.
0: What do you make of all this forgiveness language? If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained.
1: Well, first of all, I I love the fact that he goes from peace directly to to talking about forgiveness. Again, rather than... um, accusing them or expressing disappointment or whatever, he goes right to forgiveness, which is so powerful, I would think, for those people in that moment and for all of us uh, uh, who are struggling to understand what's going on around us and to find God in it. Um, as you know, the church has used that statement um, as a um, uh, an, an indication of uh, The ability of the 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 duty of the church to forgive sins and to pronounce God's absolution, Um, but I think it's a more you know I think it's a broader statement. I think it's a I think it's really a factual statement in the sense that that we recognize that when we are unable uh, to forgive others or ourselves, that then that um, that disappointment, that fear, that brokenness is retained. And when through God's spirit, we are able to offer forgiveness and to receive forgiveness, um, then we are set free. So I think it's a very, um, in a way, clear, but in a way, challenging um, uh, and comforting statement from Jesus that what he is about is, is forgiveness.
0: Yeah, I, I hear it as as liberating, whereas so many of us, I think Fletcher mentioned this, We this was the subject of our Bible study on Thursday morning at 11. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, you mentioned it's the church that can pronounce or priests that can pronounce forgiveness. Uh, but we are in control of our own liberation here. If we keep, if we hang on To the sins of other people, if we keep only seeing the negative, if we keep hanging on to the places where people have wronged us and we don't forgive, in many ways, it keeps us chained up and shackled. Um, I can think of moments in my own life when I just held on to, to, you know, being mad at people. And all Mm -hmm. that did was was keep me held back. It kept me chained down. So we are in control of our own liberation to the extent that if I forgive you, then huh, I can breathe right, and live more freely.
1: Right. And then we learn to forgive ourselves um, and not, not uh, to, um, to recognize that God loves us and God is drawing us um, out of whatever um, mess we have <laughs> made of ourselves and, uh, and and that God is offering forgiveness through Christ uh, as the gift of new life. That I mean, to me, the whole the whole scene here is one of peace and forgiveness as
0: God's gifts to us on the other side of suffering. Right, uh, but we've got to talk about Thomas, right? Yep. So what <laughs> what do you want to say about Thomas? This is this is where he kind of gets his whole uh, his whole. Brand, right. Uh, being right, doubting Thomas, uh, right, right, but, you know, he, what do you make of that?
1: Well, first of all, um, yeah, I think he gets a bad rap uh, in the sense that we uh, treat doubt as as wrong. Um, and I think, I think Thomas is, a, is someone who wants to understand. He's someone who asks questions. He's a seeker. Um, and uh, we've seen that earlier in the Gospel of John. Uh, when Jesus says, um, where I'm going, um, uh, you know the way, and Thomas says, Lord, we don't know the way, tell us, and that's when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, so Thomas has already been um, identified as the one who, um, who is active, I think, in, in seeking understanding, and uh, uh, the fact that we Know him by name and continue to read his stories tells me that the those that uh, recorded these stories found value in that. Just as we see Peter deny and then and then become um, faithful, we see Thomas asking questions and then uh, and then having this amazing moment uh, uh, when it, on the on the second time that Jesus comes a week later, uh, when he recognizes who Jesus is. The other thing is that um, it's clear in the first uh, the description of the first night that Jesus shows the disciples his hands and his side. So when they report that to to Thomas, I think Thomas simply says, "I want to see that too," which seems perfectly reasonable. You know, um, they've had that they had this amazing experience, and for whatever reason, Thomas wasn't present. So he's saying, "I want to have it too," and I, for me, that means. Um uh that that Thomas doesn't want secondhand faith, he wants faith based on his own encounter with Christ and uh and then Jesus honors that the following week when he makes this invitation to Thomas
0: uh,
1: put yeah, out I your hand makes, and touch me.
0: It makes me think about what that week was like for for thomas and those disciples i bet thomas yeah. was like oh i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear your stories about Jesus. <laughs> like well we saw jesus he came to us
1: yeah we're <laughs> special <laughs> yeah yeah i mean who knows maybe thomas had gone out to buy to get dinner for them and he missed it first yeah. night we don't, we don't know why he's not there um uh, but then what strikes me is that jesus uh jesus makes this invitation to thomas personally but, you know, touch, see my hands inside, put out your hand. And even though lots of paintings show Thomas touching Jesus, the text doesn't say that. And I think uh, in my mind's eye, I see Thomas recognizing Jesus, receiving this amazing invitation from Jesus. And then he falls on his knees and says, my Lord and my God, which is, um, as you know, uh, a it's uh, the first time we hear that expression, and that's that's such an encapsulation of who of the recognition of who christ is he's 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 our Lord and he's our God. It's an affirmation of of Jesus is messiah G- and Jesus is God incarnate
0: yeah that's one of the great one of the great acclamations of, of right the- right. All right so is there anything what 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 do you think? Kind of the word is for us. Um, If I were going to preach on this, I think I would focus on that breathing thing, that pneuma thing, Mm. Um, you know, the idea of life. I think about, you know, our physicians right now. I think about the need for ventilators. I think about the need for breath, the power of breathing, Um, the the just our reliance upon that. Um, I think I would do something with that. How about you?
1: Hmm. Well, I'm focusing on, I love that. And uh, I'm focusing on that the disciples are afraid, but they are, they have come together. So that's an instinct that I uh, I think I understand and why it makes our isolation right now feel so uh, unnatural. Um and then, then the, the fact that Jesus shows up uh, in that locked room, um, I'm thinking about that because I'm, uh, I know that there are people whose loved ones are ill and they can't visit them. They maybe are looking through a window in the hospital or they're more likely uh, at home, maybe with Zoom, trying to establish a relationship. And I think particularly with those uh, who are losing, whose loved ones are dying. The sense that wanting so much to be in that room, and I see in this story the affirmation that Jesus is, Jesus is there. Jesus is in all of our locked rooms, all of our places where we feel we've lost sight of him. Uh, that, that when we can um, receive that gift of peace, and forgiveness um, the invitation that Jesus extends uh, to us uh, is there and it's it's real, um, even though it's very hard sometimes in these days uh, to to remember that and to experience it right yeah and so to, for example, today as we pray for folks, you know i'm in my heart that's my my um desire to have God's peace and God's love um, experienced by those for whom we're praying, um, even though we are not physically together.
0: Right, all right, well, um, folks, that's just a little little you know, we've unpacked it a tad, but there's a lot more in there, and our hope is that in you kind of seeing how we think through this, that you might continue to do this in your own lives. Um, today, this week, with your um, partners, spouses, friends, family. Call somebody on the phone. Talk about what you heard today. um, And let this sermon continue to write itself as we move through the week, because it's it's our narrative. It's not just the preachers, it's ours. Um, So take this with you as you move through your day and your week.